This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Welcome back to the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you, talking all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications. Never miss an episode of Subway to Shay. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I'd love to know how to improve this show and make it better for all you Met fans out there. You can also find Subway to Shay on YouTube. I've partnered up with my friends at the HSP Network and you'll be able to find Subway to Shake content there. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast and subscribe to their page to find content from this show. Now, before we get into the show itself, I just want to say a big thank you to Tim Ryder from The Apple. He joined us last week. Great interview with him. Enjoyed it. And... It was fun talking all of the biggest topics coming out of spring training, at least the first week of spring training, but we'll have him on again to talk more about the New York Mets. Great having Tim Ryder on, so thank you very much, Tim, for coming on the show. This week, a lot to talk about, Mets fans, a lot. Now, I could break down each and every game. There was six games since the last time we were on the air, but if I recapped each game, I might bore you and put you to sleep. So we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is talk about the biggest highlights from those games that took place. And let's start off with the ace, Jacob DeGrom. He had his first start on Saturday against the Houston Astros, and he did DeGrom things, man. Two innings pitched, one hit, no earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. He reached 99 miles per hour in his first spring training game, looking like he may already be in midseason form. We can only expect the best from Jacob deGrom. I know it's only the first game of spring. He's bound to have a miss here or there. But to start off, it's a good way to see what he has shown and what he has improved on since last year. Also, big news with Jacob deGrom, and it's news that we all knew was going to happen. But Luis Rojas named Jacob deGrom the opening day starter. This will be the third time in a row that Jacob deGrom will be starting on opening day. He joins the likes of Tom Seaver, Doc Gooden, and Johan Santana, who each had three in a row, the only other pitchers to pitch three in a row. However, Tom Seaver extended that to 10, and Doc Gooden had four starts in a row. Johan Santana had three along with 
what will now be Jacob deGrom's third in a row as well. And that's what we thought was going to happen. Jake is the ace of this team. He's the best pitcher in baseball. And there's no other pitcher that you want to see pitch on opening day. So Jake will get the nod on opening day. I'm excited to see it. Speaking of the rotation, let's continue down that line. David Peterson had a solid start versus the Nationals. Two shutout innings. He'll be fighting for the final spot in the rotation along with Jordan Yamamoto and Joey Lucchese. Yamamoto on Monday against the Nats. Three innings pitched, three hits, one walk, and two strikeouts. Also looking solid. Taiwan Walker against the Cardinals the other day. Two innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, two walks, two Ks. Obviously, you don't want to put too much into their first starts, but you gotta like what you've seen so far. Right? It's a short sample, of course, but you have to be encouraged of what you've seen with this rotation to begin spring. Now, God willing, Jake stays healthy. You know, you want to knock on wood. We're all praying that he stays healthy. You know what you're getting from Jake. He'll give you seven innings, give up one or two runs. It's up to the offense to support him and the defense and the bullpen to do their part. But you know what you're going to get from Jake, especially if he stays healthy. You have that competition that we just talked about for the fifth spot. David Peterson, a lefty. Joey Lucchese, a lefty. And you have Jordan Yamamoto, righty. But solid. And whether they are here to start the season with the Mets or they go to the minor leagues and are there in waiting, you gotta like that back end, that anchor to the rotation. And then you look at the middle of the rotation. Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker, manning the middle of that rotation. And I want to add Carlos Carrasco to that as well, but we just heard that he will be shut down for a sore elbow and they say it's nothing to worry about, but... You know, as a Met fan, what are we going to do but worry when anyone gets injured? They've mentioned that he's had these injuries with his elbow before, but we like to be cautious. That's what we've always been. As Met fans, we're always cautious, sometimes pessimistic, most of the time optimistic. But when any player gets injured, you always got to worry about it. You hope that he stays healthy. You hope that Carlos Carrasco will be on the opening day roster and ready to go. He hasn't pitched in a game yet. So will he be ready? The hope is, yes, he will be. But if he's not ready, this is where the depth comes into play. You have Jordan Yamamoto, like we mentioned. You have Joey Lucchese, like we mentioned. So anytime one of these pitchers get hurt, there is someone in the wings. It's not going to be a Paul Seawald or, you know, Corey Oswald or the slew of pitchers that the Mets have put out through the years that just either couldn't cut it or weren't ready yet. You know, when your rotation was injured last year, you had to go to David Peterson, who didn't even go to AAA yet. Thankfully and gratefully, he succeeded and might find his way on the rotation this year. But we didn't know what we were getting. We only had Jacob deGrom because Michael Waka and Rick Porcello were pretty much non-existent to the point where we had to bring Seth Lugo out of the bullpen and put him in the rotation. And that kind of was the demise of the Mets last year. But this year, this year right now, 2021, you got Jake, you got Stroman, you got Walker, you got Carrasco, you got Peterson, you got Lucchese, Jordan Yamamoto, you may have Jared Eikhoff in the future, Sean Reed Foley could probably spot start. You have options. There are options out there. Aaron Loop even said he would be a starter of the game. There are options, and not just, we're just going to throw this guy out there and see if he can do it. There's solid options in case any of these pitchers get hurt. And by the time June comes around, Noah Syndergaard will be ready to return. 
So the rotation is deep. It is very deep. I can't remember a time in my years watching the Mets where I was this excited for the entire rotation. Now, I know you're going to say, well, what about the 2015 team with Harvey, Syndergaard, Wheeler, DeGrom, Matt? The problem with that 2015 rotation or that, if you want to say, 2014 to 2018 run of the Mets rotation they never were healthy together. So we never really got to see them put it all together in a season. Harvey had Tommy John. Zach Wheeler had Tommy John. If you can remember, Jacob deGrom got injured in 2016. Mats has been through a whole bunch of injuries. Syndergaard also had an injury that took him out for most of the season. And then the Mets were counting on Lugo and Gazelman. So as much as it was exciting to see those young guys, they never got to really gel together as a rotation. This feels different this year. I feel like we are going to get a solid rotation throughout the year. And you know what? There will be injuries. Hopefully not, but there's always injuries. And if there is, there's depth. And the Mets have it this year. And I think they have it that it will be long enough for the Mets to fill an entire season without worry. Now, changing gears a little bit. Coming into spring training, the three most important things to me, and I'm pretty sure to a lot of Met fans and to Luis Rojas and the coaching staff, three important things the Mets needed to work on were base running, their defense, and the bullpen. Now, there were a few base running gas, a few pickoffs that I saw to start spring training, which I hope they nail down. But let's start with the bullpen. So far, so good. Like I said, I know it's early. I know we're only getting sample sizes, but I like what I've seen so far. Even from some of the guys that got sent down already. Some that won't make the roster cut. I like what I've seen. Edwin Diaz has been lights out. My only concern with Edwin Diaz right now is, will he be able to come into a game with people on base? We know that he can pitch a 1-2-3 inning with no men on base. But can he come in in a tight spot? Will he be able to come in in a tight spot with runners on base? That's yet to be known. But I will say that Edwin Diaz should start off as the closer of the Mets. He has to be given that opportunity. Another pitcher that has been doing a great job in the bullpen, Steven Tarpley. Looks like a name that we should be watching. He could go along right there with Aaron Loop. The Mets could use another lefty in the pen. And so far, Steven Tarplay's looked really good. See, now my worry for the bullpen has to do with three guys. Jerry's Familia, Dylan Batanzas, and Robert Gazelman. They've had early struggles, but we need to see them improve and improve early. They've struggled throughout the last couple years. So it's very vital for them to get off to a hot start. In Jerry's Familia's last outing, he looked pretty good. I haven't seen Batanzas or Gazelman, but they've they've struggled a little bit. They struggle a little bit with their control, and it's something that I am a little worried about. See, we all know that Familia and Batanzas will start the season on the team. We know that. They have major league contracts. But if they do struggle, if they revert to the pitchers they've been the last couple of years, I hope that Luis Rojas doesn't hesitate to move on from them. Because like I said with the starting rotation, the Mets have depth. They have depth in the bullpen. Miguel Castro, he's a big wild card, but he's got the stuff. Can he put it together? That's the thing. The Mets also signed Tommy Hunter, Mike Montgomery. We got a little taste of Sam McWilliams. 
he may also get an opportunity. Even some of the pitchers that are going for the rotation, Joey Lucchese, Jordan Yamamoto, Sean Reed Foley, they could see some bullpen time. So I want to give Familia and Batanzas the chance. But if it's a continuation of their past couple years, it's time to move on. Move on and go to the next. Because in this tough division, this Met team needs to win games. And the way the bullpen is managed, especially when we don't know still about the DH, we have to plan for the DH not to be there, but there is a chance it could come back right before the season starts. There is a lot of strategy that goes into the bullpen, and the Mets need to do it correctly. Luis Rojas needs to have this ready and down pat by the time the season starts. I just don't want to wait all season for these two to get it together. I hope they succeed, but this team needs to win, and they have the depth to do it in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. We talked about defense. And boy, was it a rough day for Jeff McNeil at third. He had three errors in a game. I think it's time to stop moving him around. Let him focus on second base. This is the only season where Cano, because we don't know if Cano is going to be released after this. He's going to come back. So if he's going to do that, let Jeff McNeil play second base. That's it. Jeff McNeil is the second baseman. Leave him there. It's the one position that he has been really, really good at. Leave him at second base. You have other options for third. Obviously, J.D. Davis is the big name that comes to mind. People are not fond of his defense. He's got a great bat. But now I'm starting to think that there's a third option. A lot of people have also mentioned this as well. I know that Tim Ryder has mentioned it on his page. But what about Luis Guillorme at third base? Starting, nonetheless. We all know that he is great defensively. But what people may not realize is how much his offense has improved since the end of the 2019 season. 2020, he batted 333 with a 426 on base percentage. I think it's quite possible that he could be the starting third baseman. If he's hitting and he plays great defense, why not? Why not make the defense as solid as possible. And it's not like J.D. Davis is not going to get any time. He can platoon at third, but also in left field. So he'll get his time. But I'm starting to move towards possibly Luis Guillorme starting at third. I would love to see more of J.D. Davis getting reps and practice at third. Now that we can move McNeil to second, let's see what happens. But Luis Guillorme as your third baseman, that's not the worst idea in the world. He's been solid. And I keep saying that. I keep saying using the word solid, but he has been. He's been really good defensively. And obviously you have Jonathan VR, who's going to get some at-bats and play multiple positions on the infield. But if I am picking someone other than J.D. Davis to play third base, it's definitely Luis Guillorme. The outfield as well. Look at Nimmo, Pilar, Almora Jr. They've all been hitting. Pilar had a little rough game in the outfield this week, but Almora Jr. and Nimmo have made some nice diving catches, and I feel Pilar will come around too. Obviously, Brandon Nimmo will be the starting center fielder, and he's said that he's working on improving. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and another opportunity to play center field. His bat is there. That's what we need. You'll have Pilar and Almora Jr. either both on the bench 
or maybe Almora Jr. gets sent down because he has an option. Pilar will be the backup for sure. But three viable options in the outfield. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. And that continues our trend of talking about depth. Now, the Mets made some roster moves as we close out the show. We're going to go over some Mets notes here. The Mets made some roster moves and um, they cut the roster down. They cut 19 players reassigned to the minor league. Matt Allen, top prospect. Oscar De La Cruz, Riley Gillum, JT Jin. Harold Gonzalez, Trevor Hildenberger, who was really good with his sidearm. I don't know why the Mets don't explore more of the sidearm. I used to love seeing Chad Bradford on the team, even liked having Joe Smith, Darren O'Day for the short time we had him, but like the Mets don't seem too keen on the sidearmers, but I hope we get to see Trevor Hildenberger sometime in the future. Tyler McGill, Steven Nugasek, Marcel Renteria, Jared Robinson, Tom Wendell, they also got sent down. Those were the pitchers. That got sent down. And now the position players, obviously top prospects, Francisco Alvarez, Pete Crow Armstrong, Brett Batty, Drew Ferguson, Ronnie Mauricio, who had a game-winning hit the other day, catcher Nick Meyer, catcher Hayden Sanger, and Mark Vientos. In addition to those guys, Franklin Kiorme, Sean Reed Foley, who we talked about earlier, could be a possible option later on, Thomas Sisbuka, have all been optioned to AAA The Mets now have 53 players in Major League Camp right now, and this all is bound to happen. It's, you know, they had to cut the roster down. Those guys were definitely not going to make the roster at this time. A lot of them are young. A lot of them are starting out. Uh, And most will fill out the minor league rosters this year. And the future is bright. The future is bright with this team And it looks like the next 10 to 12 years could see some solid baseball players coming up. And you got to be happy. You got to be excited to see it. And I am definitely ready for the future of the New York Mets. So those are the roster moves right now. Another thing that happened this past week, Jose Martinez will be out four months with a torn meniscus after colliding with the first base umpire. Definitely was helped off the field. Looked worse than it was. So it's lucky that he's only going to miss four months. But hopefully he comes back healthy. He comes back strong. And we might see him at some point this year. Good guy to have off the bench. Definitely in a pinch hitting situation. And the Mets will definitely need that some point this season. Talking about hitting. Did you guys see Pete Alonzo Grand Slam? Not Forget just seeing it. Go on, whether it's YouTube, Mets.com, and find Pete Alonzo's Grand Slam. Do me a favor. Close your eyes, put the volume up, and just listen to the sound, to the crack off the bat of Pete Alonzo's Grand Slam. Wow. Wow is all I can say. Pete looking to bounce back after a rough 2020, and he's making strides you can see it taking better at bats and he even closed out 2020 the last half of 2020 he did pretty well in hitting his homers and looking at pitches better so hopefully he improves he is a important piece to this Mets puzzle now watching the Mets play the Nationals this past week I saw Ryan Zimmerman 
and I couldn't remember that he was still playing to this time in his career, and all it made me do was think about David Wright and what could have been. Uh, you gotta miss David Wright. Such a professional, the captain, and man, I miss seeing him man third base and miss seeing him at bat, but you know, good for Ryan Zimmerman. Long career, got his World Series ring in 2019. Very nice to see him continue on with his career. One final note. Next year, can the Mets get these games on TV? I know for the most part, they usually don't do the away games, but there's got to be a way to see these games, whether it's through the other team's channels or what. These games should all be on TV. We've been missing baseball for far too long. We didn't get to see Jake DeGrom pitch on TV. The other day, we didn't get to see Lindor play. You know, most of these games, if not all of them, should be on TV at some point. We should not be without seeing a spring training game. You know, it doesn't happen during the regular season. Let's make spring training more exciting and show these games. I'm going to wrap up the show right here. Do me a favor. Before we do, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you subscribe to Subway to Shea on Apple Podcasts, take a few minutes, write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to know the best way to make this show better for you. And I've got a review here from Quanboy71734. Goes, avid Mets fan here. I saw this podcast on Twitter and decided this will be my Mets podcast I listen to all year. No pressure. I got a lot to live up to, guys. So that was from Quanboy71734. Thanks for the review. Please, guys, leave me a review. I'll read them on the air. And... Also, if you could do me a favor and leave me five stars when you do the review, it'll bring my podcast up there with some of the best Mets and baseball podcasts that are out there right now, especially if you enjoy this show, help me to go up in the rankings. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea, listen and subscribe on Anchor.fm. We mentioned Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. And you can find the show on YouTube, on the HSP Network. You'll see my content on their page. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast. Subscribe to their page and find content from this show. That wraps up another episode of Subway to Shea with your host, myself, Anthony Rivera. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And always remember, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.